0: You're listening to Rare Gems with Jen. Listen as she discovers and connects with folks from all walks of life. Join her as she explores personal stories, connects on shared struggles, and of course, inserts her inappropriate jokes. Be ready to shine a light on some rare gems that will inspire, challenge, and even intimidate you. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Pluma. Hi there, and welcome back. I am very excited for today's guest, Adrian Isaguirre, and I met in high school. And since then, he's gone off to do great things. Adrian is now the Civic Engagement Program Manager for Texas at Naleo Educational Fund, a national, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that facilitates full Latino participation in the American political process from citizenship to public service. He is also an alum of Leadership ISD in the Civic Voices of Houston program. In his free time, he serves as the Assistant Captain of Media and Promotions for the Go Committee of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Adrian is also an avid Houston sports fan as one of the many passions he has for his own hometown. It was so much fun to reconnect with him. We have not talked since I graduated. He is older than me, just a little bit, not that much. So after graduation, he went on to the University of North Texas. I stayed in the University of Houston. We can we connected through social media. And during our conversation, it was just fun to go back and talk about high school, my perception of him, his, percep- his perception of himself, um, what I thought about him and then what he thought about others. And growing up, right, growing up in this part of town, going, up, going to the same high school, um, and then where his story has taken him. So it was really fun to connect with him and I hope you all enjoy this episode. At the end, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or you can also follow us on Spotify. Um, we are available on both and we are on Instagram. You can find us at, at raregemspod. If you would like to come on an episode, Feel free to send us a DM and we can make that happen. All right. So I hope you all enjoy. Ageny Seguire. The reason why I thought about you was because I was making my list, right? So I started this... I started thinking about this podcast two years ago, about two or three years ago. And it was with my best friend and we were at a park and I was like, dude, like, I think we, I'm not going to lie. I think we were a few drinks in and it was during, (laughs) it was like 2020 when it fucking hit and people weren't going out. Um, and we went to discovery green. Mm -hmm. and we were just kind of like updating like what are you doing how's life he was fucking like stressed i was stressed it was crazy and then i just told him like you know what i've always wanted to do start a podcast and we were pretty i i I think i was drunk i was drunk i don't know about him and then he's like well why don't you do it and what is it going to be about and all these things and so that's how it just came about and then what i was like i just want to talk about like the rare gems in my life and then we're like rare gems and then that's where like it went off on and then i started everything didn't go through with it just because i got i got scared and then i picked it up recently again because a big reason why i picked it up was i quit my job i quit being a teacher um i was really unhappy super fucking unhappy i did not feel valued appreciated i mean i feel like now more teachers are coming forward with their stories. Oh, for sure. And I have like just this big ass shit that happened at my school and my district. Like I was, it was just bad. And so I was just kind of, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? And I had dinner with a coworker and his wife and his wife, she does have a podcast. She's a therapist. And she said, you know, just do it. Like she, I don't know. She just gave me really that like motivation. And she's like, just pick it up and do it. And so I was like,
1: don't hold yourself back.
0: Exactly. She's like, plus you're never, g- you you're going to be the only one that knows if people listen or not. And I'm like, well, that's yeah, true. I mean,
1: no one's holding you back with you at this point.
0: 100%. I had already, like, I had bought the mic, the heads. I had everything. I just never did it. And I had created notes on my iPhone and I had you as one of the people that I wanted. You were like in my top. I'm telling you, you were my top five. And, then I went, and I had to think about what was it about Adrian? And I remember, I don't know about you, but I remember, I mean, I don't know. We met in, I mean, obviously we met in high school at Chavez.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you
0: remember how we met?
1: It had to be at, uh, obviously we had had a meal in our our classes that we were taking is probably me going back and uh, <laughs> jumping in, like always, me going back and jumping in and sticking my nose in the things that I probably didn't need to, but I mean, hey, I, I was, at that point I was a social butterfly, um, you know, and I I think it had to be in one of Hadamio's classes, me just coming back and Haramiya always, always pointing out like, oh, this is one of my students who took the exam and he ain't passed it, so you guys better pass it too. Um, I think i if I remember correctly, that's how we met, and ever since then, again, like I said, a social butterfly. Um, and so
0: where does that come from? and I, and I was thinking about that because I'm like, I met him at Chavez. Dude, you are one of the fucking friendliest people. You know what? Let me rephrase that. We're friendliest men I've ever met. Like since high school. <laughs> I'm like, he, you talk to everyone, and it's like you own who you are. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Uh, you know, quite frankly, um, it, it's something I had to learn. Uh, to be real with you, because um, I tell people this uh, all the time, uh, quite often. If you had met me probably past uh, or before um, ninth grade, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known who I was. Um, I, w- I was actually very reserved, uh, very quiet, which is. A shocker to a lot of people when I say that. Um, And it's something that as I started getting into high school and I started thinking about, you know, um, where I wanted to get, what I wanted to accomplish, uh, I ended up realizing, you know, you got to put yourself out there uh, because if you don't, no one's going to give you an opportunity or no one's going to know what you can do and who you are. but did that so, come
0: from you in turn? Like, with, did you have that realization in eighth grade, like in seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever, or did someone talk to you?
1: Um, I I started I started noticing things. Um, I I I did have a lot of good, you know, mentors and and um, and teachers uh, growing up. So many. Um, and sometimes it's hard to even, you know, think back of how many I had. Um, but I more than anything, I think teachers and and mentors and stuff keeping me involved in things eventually led to me as I was getting involved in those things I like okay I want a bigger role but you know bigger roles come with you having to be more open you having to be uh you know more more social um and at that point in time in my life I wasn't that person um you know my dad actually uh, he used to be a musician and things like that. And, oh, shit. No uh, way. Yeah. When, when he was when he was younger uh, <laughs> back in Mexico. Um, and so he would always like tell me, like, you should talk, you should speak out or you should. I mean, not all like big things, but you should like you should just put yourself out there. And I wouldn't um, for whatever reason, like if you uh, would have given me a microphone to say something like a speech or something before that, I wouldn't have done it just because I didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. um but afterwards you know it just became a thing where i'm like no you gotta say it um and so i ended up doing it but it 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 took a lot for me and i'm one of those quiet observers like i'm looking at things even when you don't think i'm looking at things and i'm taking notes mm. about what i can what i can take from that and how i can use that and so i, I ended up having that happen to me um but yeah uh, I got to a point like okay, I want to get somewhere. I got to get out there. Yeah, um, and I did. And and you know, like you said, I I own who I am. I'm I wasn't ashamed to say I can do this or I can't do this. Um, and whether or not if I was willing to learn it or not was obviously up to me. And in some cases I didn't. In other cases I was like, no, I'll let somebody else handle that. Uh, let someone else take the lead on that. Because yeah, it's just not where I see myself. But, um. Yeah. You had that I, like you
0: have that conviction, even like as a freshman, be like, nah, I, I don't think I can handle this.
1: Oh, uh, no, not as a, I, I think it started happening a little bit later in after okay. sophomore year. Like oh. maybe towards the end of sophomore year was when I started, you know, branching out and be like, All right, this is where you gotta get this where you can go. And it had to do also with with a uh, uh after school program that I was in uh while I was in Chavez mm. um where they started having us talk about who we were and Mm -hmm. where we came from. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I can easily tell you about that. Yeah. uh, uh, And I think for me, especially because of the fact that um, even though, you know, the Chavez area and the Chavez community is uh, something I hold near dear to my heart. It's not uh, a place where I was supposed to be quite frankly, from the beginning. What do you Um, mean? I wasn't, I wasn't zoned to the school. I'm Hmm. not from, uh, that region, I'm 10, 15 minutes away. Mm. Um, so I was supposed to go to different schools and, and I knew that, you know, a lot of people from Chavez already knew each other from elementary and, and middle school. And I didn't, I, uh, I, I learned or I met more people, uh, afterwards because that, because maybe there was only a small handful Uh, from my neighborhood, right? Because Mm. a lot of people were like, oh, I live right by here, like, I can walk home. I'm like, oh, I can't walk home. (laughs) I won't get there till tomorrow if I walk (laughs) home, you know? Um, You know, so I think that that's why, like, whenever I I went to Ortiz Middle School and then to Chavez High School, I was like, okay, I know I'm from a different area. It's not that far Mm. away, but I'm still from a different area. And a lot of the connections that some people already had, I didn't necessarily have. So, For me, it was I was still getting to meet and hear different people and 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 then share from where I'm from, like, oh, yeah, because everybody already knew and uh, and they assumed like, oh, you're from the area because you're like, no, I'm from a whole different area. I'm from a whole different uh, neighborhood that's not nearby here, per se, you know, so I already had that kind of uniqueness in me of like, I didn't I'm not from here. I'm close to here, but I'm not Mm -hmm. from here. But this is my other spot to be at. You know, when so, I'm going to make it. And so
0: where did that power... Because I feel like that... Not just you as a presence, but your voice, man. You are <laughs> a powerhouse. Like you with your voice. Was that always a thing? Or did it, that kick in in high school also?
1: Um, Yeah, that kicked in in high school. Really? Um, <laughs> uh, that kicked in in high school. Um, In terms of, you know, just... I'm, I'm very and and this is where uh, like I said, it it, it shocks people. Um, as social as I am, as 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 great as I can talk in public, you don't see me talking as much. And I think my mindset comes from you don't need to be constantly ta- you don't need to constantly be saying something mm. um, if it's not significant or important, you know, mm. I'm more of a person of talk where you need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, because sometimes, you know, I mean, it's, it's a big saying right now, say less, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, you don't always have to be in the forefront saying stuff, uh, because, um, then you overload content. So it's like, oh, well, it's just that person saying the same thing over and over again, Mm -hmm. or saying something just because they need to say something. I time and measure what I say Mm -hmm. and how I say it uh, internally. But I time and measure it uh, because when I say something, I want it to be impactful. Mm. Uh, I don't just want it to be because I want to hear my voice or I want to make sure people heard I said something Mm. uh, as opposed to, um, you know, just saying something to say something. Sometimes it doesn't hold that value. And I think, um, you know, with different people uh, I've met, that's where I think that's where they value it most. And it it even shocks people because uh, even in my career now, I actually just came back from a conference last week um, uh, for my job. And we had, we had a whole session and then we had to share out and we were using a microphone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was this colleague that uh, we were meeting for the first time in person uh, because of COVID obviously, and they live in a different region than I do, but we're colleagues. Um, But we had only done, you know, virtual settings and stuff like that. And so, I grabbed a microphone and I started talking and sharing things. And he came up to me afterwards like, dude, what did you do with the microphone? I'm like, what do you mean (laughs) what did I do with the microphone? He's like, you just started talking and saying all the things that that you needed to say uh, on behalf of your your group and region. And there was maybe half the room paying attention before that. And you started talking and
0: you commanded people just turned
1: around. Yeah, yes. People just started paying attention. And, um, you know, I think it's I think it's quite frankly just, again, the confidence that you need to have in what you say. And that's another reason why I time and measure my things, because I want to know what, what I'm saying is of use, mm-hmm. is significant, is useful to someone uh, or to the, you know, to the room, to whatever uh, the setting may be, as opposed to just saying, oh, well, yeah. I kind of like the other person. Yeah. We yes, want to do that. Yeah, you know, I don't, God, I, don't, yeah, I, don't yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't like to do that. And so that's why I, I hold myself back. Sometimes people are like, what's wrong? Why are you not talking? I'm like, I don't need to talk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not necessary for me to talk. I know people may be looking forward to me sharing something because we have good ideas that we've had in conversations, but I'll find the right time and place for it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, again, I time and measure.
0: You no, know, I love that. As you were talking, I was like, why, I don't know. I just had a moment of realization of why is, what was it that that I, I admire of you so much? Like, what, what was that quality? And I was thinking back to high school, to how I felt about myself in high school. And I think because you felt so comfortable, it seemed, I don't know, you know if I'm assuming, but you seemed so comfortable in yourself, in your presence. I was the opposite of that. In high school, I was, I mean, I don't know the way you perceived me, but I was so insecure. I feel like to this day, I still am. And I think a lot of that insecurity stemmed from just wanting to prove myself and then going for it, but then not fully committing. I think that was a big thing. I didn't commit to a lot of things. I would sign up for them, but I would like half-ass shit. And then I'd be like, yeah, fuck it up. I did it. But I knew in here, it was like that imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. where you would come into rooms and it was just like, you commanded presence. And it sounds so silly, honestly, saying like in high school, but that's how you were. Like you just were so confident. And I think on top of that, in elementary, and I still uh, struggle with it sometimes, I used to stutter. I used to stutter really bad. Um, And that's another form of like lacking confidence and insecurity and so in elementary i remember i had like a whole moment where i i was in fifth grade i did not move because i was a bilingual student up until fourth grade and then fifth grade i was forced to move to an all english classroom and i just was kind of like the mute in the classroom um because i i would stutter and it would be like like that Right. Uh, it was really hard. Oh man, I remember wanting to go to the restroom one time, and it was it was like um, I couldn't even ask to go to the restroom because I was so scared. And like the teacher was like, "What's like what's going on?" And I I I couldn't ask. Can I go to the restroom? I couldn't yeah. articulate it. Correct, yeah. And then that um, I I ran to the restroom. I came back, and everyone was like, "What's wrong with her?" And then later on, all my team, all my classmates found out that I used that I stuttered. Um, They were, oh man, that that year, they were so kind and so nice to me. Like they would wait for me to finish talking, so on and so forth. Then from fifth grade, you're fucked because you're moving to middle school. And so (laughs) you don't move with that class, right? And so then I guess in middle school, I had to take on this persona. Um, Yes, I was moving with classmates that I knew from elementary, but it was like, now you're at a bigger school with bigger kids and everyone's trying to figure out who you want to be, what kind of group a click you want to join. Right. And then the same thing happened from eighth grade to ninth grade. Um, and so when I was in ninth grade, I was, I guess you were kind of looking for the trajectory of like, what do I want in my life? In ninth grade, I was like, I want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I want to smoke. I want to try it. I want to be a cool kid. I want to smoke. And that's where I was in ninth grade.
1: You know, I think for me um and I say this I was I was very lucky um that I had parents that they really paid attention to me. Um mm. and I think it's it was easier for them as well cuz I'm an only child. That's true. Right? as a appo- as opposed to, you know, um you know, and I have this from lots of friends uh and, and family, you know, who who had siblings, right? And so it's difficult trying to pay equal or as much attention to one kid, as the rest. Um, But even still, um, the the times that I had with my parents were also in a way limited, you know? Um, I mean, there was a moment in time where in middle and high school, I would be the first one to leave the house, technically, and the last one to get home Mm. because I was so involved in things. But at the same time, my parents... Um, you yes, know you're... did provide me that support i I could tell and and granted my my mom had more flexibility than my dad um in in the uh, career path that mm. that she had chosen uh as opposed to my dad and what he was able to because of his his jobs but I could tell my parents, hey, I have um you know so and so event um families are welcome and I was fortunate enough that a majority of the time my parents were there right right beside mm-hmm. me. Um, um, supporting me and they probably didn't know what was going on more so my dad um, because of the, uh, the language barrier yeah. uh, that he had now I will say like in high school to to present day he it's it's way better but back then you know there were certain things that my parents didn't necessarily fully know or understand but they they were at least there right and I think mm-hmm. you know that's what makes a big difference you know it's like whenever you see Uh, A little kid who is, you know, elementary school age kid who is uh, in a play or recital, you know, they're they're the tree. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's not it's not a big role. It's not necessarily a big role that they may be doing, but they're part of the performance and they've invited, you know, their family, whoever it may be. And when they look out, they want to (laughs) see whoever it is, that person there. And when they're not there, you know, sometimes it's a big blow. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to the the kid who has the lead. You know, I think for me, no matter what my role was, you know, my parents are like, if you need to be there and if it's for your benefit of learning, of growing, uh, of getting exposure, we'll will take you and if we are welcome, you know, we'll try to be there. And a the majority of the times, you know, they were. Um, and I think that's what that's what really kind of um opened or brought me confidence to where I was like, okay, uh, I'm doing the right things. And they they gave me guidance. My dad, you know, mm-hmm. um, for all the wrongs that he may have done in his life, he also um, told me, like, just because I did it doesn't mean that you need to. You know, I'm telling you this so that you don't make the same mistakes I did, whether yeah. it was education, whether it was, you know, social interactions with people and stuff like that. Uh, You know, my mom was uh, was the same way um, in the essence of you need to do better than we did. And you're not about to be out there in the world, you know, making us as a family, meaning her, my dad and myself look bad. Like Mm -hmm. there's no reason to because we're here for you. And if you need to tell us something, if you need to work something out, if you need us to assist you with something, we're here for you. You don't need to turn to uh anyone else. And um yeah, I was lucky to have that. I know Damn. not a lot of people um do or, yeah. or did. Uh, especially close friends of mine and like I said, even family. Um, not a lot of people um had that. And I think I, I, I say it all the time wherever I go, I was very blessed to have great parents who give me lots of lessons, lots lots of uh support uh and guidance that not everyone had, and I recognize that. Again, mm-hmm. for me, it was very it, it was easier, probably as a family dynamic, because of the fact that I was an only kid, an only child. But at the same time, when I say that, because people will think, you know, oh, you're an only child, you got everything you wanted, right? Yeah, uh, I was not the case. That's how I, I would mean, think, honestly. And that was not the case. I knew, I knew, I have friends, and yeah, uh, you know, they they all know. I had friends who had four or five siblings and Mm -hmm. amongst them they were getting the J's that came out every time. (laughs) I didn't get that. I didn't get that Uh -uh. because honestly and realistically um, it wasn't financially feasible for my household. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that. And I think I never held that against my parents Mm. because of the fact that they had that open communication to me where it's like, no, we, we can't do that. That's not. And they again one of the big lessons that they taught me was it wasn't the material things that mattered you know and i think for me now uh, especially because i don't have my mom with me anymore i i recognize that a long time ago you know that it's a good thing that i learned that and that they did that to me because i wouldn't remember how many pairs of damn jays my mom bought me i yeah. will remember you know all the birthdays that that we had all the family trips that we took together mm-hmm. as a unit, like that's what I can really tell, you know, uh, people. And, you know, the, the day, you know, I, I have a family of my own, I can tell and share those stories with the, with my kids potentially and say, you know, your grandmother and I and your grandparents <laughs> and I did this, you know, as opposed to saying, yeah, your grandparents bought me like 20 pairs of J's when I was
0: in <laughs> and, and a car like, and all the shit. And, and a car, you know, yeah.
1: like what, what, what is that really going to do? You know, yeah. I think, um, I think that's, that's what really, um, uh, uh, shaped that part of me of where I, I had there were, even though I was an only child and, you know, and all those things, I was never alone. Like my parents, uh, were, and, you know, for, I fortunately still have my dad. You know, my dad is like one, one of the closest people I have. And it's interesting because I've had even people tell me, um, I, I had, uh, a, a, a friend and coworker mm-hmm. tell me before, like you and your dad are so cute. And I'm like, why do you say that? She's <laughs> like, because you guys are like best friends. You guys are, going you out are. And, doing these things. and, and, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> you guys don't do that with your parents. Granted, I know that in certain cases, like you can't because of work and things like that. But yeah. I'm like, for me, this was a norm you know, and, um, uh, my dad spent time with me, whether it was doing entertaining things like going to a baseball game mm-hmm. or going to go see wrestling or things like that to even spending time as a family or working like my dad sometimes on weekends would do yard work, uh, mm-hmm. with, for older folks, uh, near Baytown, Texas. And so He'd be like, hey, I'm gonna go work over here. Do you wanna go with me? And me just to go spend time with my dad and be would be like, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, if you want to go, you gotta, you gotta wake gotta be up early. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and so it's funny because my dad tells a story to a lot of people, these stories to a lot of people, and he'd be like, You gotta be ready by seven. If you're not ready by seven, I'm out the door. Mm-hmm. My behind would be right next mm-hmm. to his bed at six thirty, like that, I'm ready. Hell and he yeah. would just be, you know, be waking up. But I think it was for me because I I valued and I recognized. You know, uh, spending time with my parents and my family mm-hmm. that um, that that's where it came from for me, you know, <laughs> and to this day, um, if you don't see me doing something uh, for something I'm associated with, you know, in terms of like alumni things or yeah. work things, it's family, um, you know, doing things with my family. Sometimes people come like, hey, we're going to do this. I'm like, "Ooh, sorry, I have a family commitment. And my parents taught me that, you know, family comes first
0: mm. uh, and family
1: that treats you well, uh, comes first, Facts. You know? uh, Facts. family that treats yeah. you well, because that, that's also a big factor in, in my present life, you know, where, um, there's certain things, uh, uh within my family dynamics that have really shifted, mm. uh, in the past few years. And I think for, for my well being and for my, um, future of where I want my, what will be my family to become, mm-hmm. um, I've distanced myself from certain people. You set some and, boundaries, and set and set a lot of boundaries, and mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it it's also difficult because you know I think I'm at that age where, yes, I'm young, but I'm not a kid anymore, right? Uh, uh, and I became the head of a <laughs> yes. household, um, in a very very unfortunate situation, while mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, trying to establish who I would be as a, as an adult, as a professional. Uh, and things like that and so um, I didn't get a lot of room to you know play around mess around mm-hmm. or I I w- enjoy would be I guess the easiest word but it's also I would say it's not the best the best word to use but you know uh, just kind of decompress you know after yeah. what is college and doing all those things I didn't necessarily get to do that um, but I also never view it in a bad lens of you know uh, I was robbed of something because at the same time I think um, given what my family was, I recognized that at some point in time, I had to be there. And Mm -hmm. uh, my parents equipped me for it. And it just happened. Absolutely. That was a time. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't waste time uh, Mm -hmm. in doing that, you know, and I, and I view it at a a lens of, I was prepared for this, you know, the time is now. Um, And, you know, here I am, you know, um, I've had to, again, eliminate things uh, in my life that, that I held near and dear to to my heart, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, you know, um we we just saw things differently and um I didn't want to to make things worse or or to be hypocritical, you know, in in certain Mm -hmm. in certain aspects and and let people know like I won't stand for this, you know. It 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 shifted It, it became a thing where I distanced myself and I and I remained silent, but then things were starting to be said. And I'm like, okay, no. Uh, let me just be very clear. You know, I distanced myself and mm-hmm. I kept quiet um, out of respect. But if you're gonna be disrespecting me, let me just be very clear. I don't want anything to do with you at all. Yeah. Um, and sometimes and, you just have to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something I didn't want to do. And you know, I have certain people sometimes question me to this day. And and mm-hmm. I and I it's hard it's hard for sometimes for people to understand because. You won't really understand until you're in that person's shoes. And I said, I've told people, you know, um, this isn't something I wish upon anyone. But you can't tell me this Mm -hmm. because you don't know what it's like to to be said or it's not your people that are telling you. this. So it's easy uh, from the outside in to be looking like, come on, you can you can work things out. And I've said, you know, to a certain extent, you can't. or or it has to come from both parties and when it doesn't, you know, it's not real. Um and it, it's a hard thing to do. It's yeah, a hard thing course. to do. You have to have a lot of uh a lot of self will, a lot of um mental capacity. Um yeah. and I think it's just it it varies on, on people's outlook on life. Um and for me, you know, I think especially what I've gone through the past a uh, few years, I think about it like, no, don't don't let anything Hold you back. Just work for the better. Don't don't focus your energy on things that you can't control because that's wasted energy that could be done on something or that could be put forth to something that is more useful, Mm -hmm. more constructive of you as a person uh, or your family or your, you know, your professional uh, development. Um, That's where you need to focus on. Um, I think I've learned that.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like you're moving onto a or you're stepping onto a new level in yeah. your personal life and I feel like that's also not affecting but definitely impacting the rest of your uh, trajectory professionally. I mean, I know you shared with me that you got out of um not education per se, but definitely out of the school or classroom. Correct? Yeah.
1: It, I it was it, it was the education field i was okay. never uh directly in the classroom um but yeah i did the same thing uh uh on that as well you know professionally um yeah uh, that,
0: that shift now you're in a nonprofit which yeah. is i've been wanting to get into a nonprofit and then it's it's ho- People think it's easy. People are like, oh, but it, don't you make like, isn't it easy? To, no, it's really freaking hard to get into in the nonprofit sector, too. It's just hard to get into anything at this point. Um, but thankfully, I got into the tech world. And so I start I starting new. I'm really excited because I start a new position next week. Um, it's for a technology company that like works specifically with within education. Um, but I wanted to go back to something real quick that, because it, it sends out to me. You were talking about the support that your parents gave you and the support that your parents instilled in you, like since you were little. Right. And they would always be like, hey, if if you need to go, if this is going to be like detrimental for your success and all these things, I will be there. We'll make it. We'll take you. So on and so forth. And so then it makes me think. What were you or who were you doing these accomplishments for? Was there anyone that you were working towards, anyone that you wanted to make proud? And let me also add this. The reason why I'm asking is because from a young age, I learned. OK, so let me give you real quick. My I come from mm-hmm. a single mother household. I have five siblings at the time. I had three siblings. so It was four of us in total. Single mom. Working, obviously, like, you know, very poor. She was working nonstop. And then we would I would work. I started working when I was in elementary I was helping her out at like flea markets, cleaning tables, um, whatever tips I would get. I would give them to her and she would be like, you know, it's not it's not for me. And she would always tell us like, it's not for me, it's for us. And so my older sister and I, Sarah, we would be working. um, And I was a, a student like in my family. I was the A student out of the three, four in total that we were. Back then, I was a student and so I would always come home and I would be like, look, mom, look, mom. She was so busy. She was so tired. And I would always want her to go to my ceremonies and my whatever, like play or games or whatever. And she couldn't. She was like, I'm either really tired or I can't or I'll try to make it. Sometimes she would and sometimes she wouldn't. But There was a moment. I remember very specifically. I don't I don't know exactly where I was, but I was on the carpet And I was I was staying up late finishing a project. Like you remember the the trifolds for science? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was doing those. I was completing one and everyone was watching TV. My siblings were eating. My mom was on the phone and I was like, I need to finish this because like it's for me. And from that, I was I think I was in fifth grade or sixth grade. I realized that whatever I'm doing, it's not for my mom. It's for me. And so that was something that I had to learn at a very young age. Like all my accomplishments are not for anyone else. They have to be for me because I, if I put it on someone else, I'm going to be let down. Right. And so my question is, were you doing any of these accomplishments for someone? Was it for your parents? Did you know?
1: I think, I think I did it for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. I think one, um, I think as a kid, I I did them. I would say like maybe seventh, eighth grade down. I probably did them for my parents, right? Because mm-hmm. you wanted to you wanted to stand out. You wanted to not disappoint them and think well. I was doing things that that my parents taught me was you know our jobs are out there. Your job is to learn, mm-hmm. to do well in school, um, not get in trouble, um, and things like that. So. I would probably say like seventh, eighth grade down. I probably did them for for them. But eighth grade moving forward, um, I think I did them more for myself uh, because of the fact that I did things I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in in terms of getting involved in clubs and things like that. Uh, and organizations, I did things that I wanted to do, and those were those weren't things that my parents were pushing on me and saying, "You need to go stay after school and do this. You need to go do that." You know, I was actually more approaching them and saying, "Hey, I'm doing this," and they'd be like, "Okay, oh, well, uh, I'll be at school till this time. All right, that's fine." And I mean, I I would say it actually got to a point where my mom was frustrated, like. I can't be going all all over the place or out, all these crazy hours for you. Like you, gotta you need to figure. figure choose,
0: man. You gotta figure yeah, it out. Yeah, like
1: yeah, like you gotta you gotta tone it down or you gotta figure <gasps> out if somebody can pick you up um, or something. Grin, yeah, because yeah, I I, I look further. So
0: you, Adrian, that is so you. <laughs> You're involved in everything, man. Was that the same it, in college?
1: Yeah, it was kind of the same in college. It was kind of the same in college. Um, but you
0: lived in college, right?
1: I did. I did. Uh, and I think that's that's also a big difference, I think, compared to many people that um, that I know. I was fortunate enough to be able to go away uh, for college to a different location where I really knew no one. Um, what do you miss no most one? about college? Uh I think just I maybe I would probably say just the freedom um, that I mm. had um, and not to say like, you know, I'm locked up in, in four <laughs> walls or anything or, you know, I'm recording this link twice cell, if you need help. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know, I got, I got, I got shackles on my feet at this time. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just, you know, those are year. Those are a little bit of carefree years. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough where uh, I had scholarships and in, in different programs that that paid for my education. So I didn't have to worry about that. I, it mm-hmm. was just more of a matter of, you know, go forth and and figure out what you're going to learn and enjoy every ride of it. You know, I've been at, I've actually been at a couple of events for for UNT uh, the past couple of days. And uh, I've had different students that are looking to go to UNT ask me, you know, like. What was it like? What was it about? And I, and I tell him like I really, as much as I would want to think, or you know, there's always that one thing that usually mm-hmm. stands out. Like, oh, I hated this part of college. <laughs> I, I can't think of one for for the life of me to be honest. Really, with. I can't think of one. I can't think of a moment where I said I hated being at UNT. I hated this part of being on this campus. I hate like I really. You didn't hate I the really dorm. Can't, you know. I I didn't. Um, (laughs) I didn't because it was also like a a unique, I only did it for one year, but it was also a unique experience for me um, Mm. because of the fact that I was really, really on my own, you know, for the Mm. first time, you know, like mom and dad are not going to roll up. at I'm a big boy. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, And not, not to say like I was going wild, but it was just like, okay, getting to learn. I think it was more than anything, getting to learn of who, who mm. I was as a person by myself, like truly by myself. Mm. Um, I think that's what I, when I got to I did have a roommate. Um, you didn't. I did have a roommate. Oh, you did. did have you a did. roommate. Okay. Um, How was that? There's so not- th- that was a learning experience. Yeah, um, We didn't, we, we didn't butt heads or nothing. Like he was on his, the, the, the roommate I had, he was in, in the band. Uh He had his own style of living. I had my own style of living. Mm. Uh, for the most part, you know, I, I think it's natural for even even people who, who are friends, you know, sometimes you butt heads or disagree. Yeah, of um, course. We had a couple of those moments, but nothing serious, you know. And I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we we served our year that that we had to live together and I took a different route. And you used to talk Lord to this roommate? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Hell um,
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know, uh, I didn't hold anything against him, but we, I, I don't think we were just that compatible yeah. as as we as any other person would be. And we didn't get to choose our roommates exactly, yeah. um, but we also <laughs> we just we had boundaries and understandings. Um, yeah. I For the most part, we we had those in check, and I think um, that's what made it easier.
0: Did you have a culture shock? Like, was there any kind of shock whenever you went to college? Because when I went to college, I went to the University of Houston. And there was a moment where I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I was, I will be very honest with you. I was not college ready. You know how they say college readiness and college prepared. And and fuck no. I don't know what anyone is talking about. I was not fucking college ready. I don't know how... I was giving a diploma. I don't know how, like I again, imposter syndrome. And I was just kind of like, holy sh I was full-time student again, very similar to i I was very blessed. Uh everything was paid for based on scholarships, based on just so many things. And then it was just I was having classes with with culture with people whose cultures I've never seen other than shows and movies. I was hearing languages I've never, again, heard in my life other than shows and movies. And the professors were just like, bam, 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 bam. I was like, oh, we'll see how it goes. Holy shit, my first day in history, what was it, like history 1101? I don't forget. But it was like the first history that I took. It was like a class of 300 of us, ages range from like, freaking 18 year olds to 40 year olds and I'm like what if what is going on did you ever have that <laughs> moment I had to call my mom
1: <laughs> you know i I didn't but I think it um it really had to do with just different things I was a part of okay um growing up since middle school hmm did it twice in middle school and a, a good two or three times in high school where I was part of programs or organizations. Um and I was able to attend trips um mm. where we would go to like youth conferences or something like that. Yeah. And and I think those things kind of prepared me mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like going out. Granted, I wasn't going out for for at this point, when you go to college, it's kind of like, it's kind of like forever, but I was going away for about maybe four or five days or a week or so. Yeah. Um, and so I got to, I got to, you know, experience that to where also I could be like, okay, I know how to, I, I learned a little bit, you know, how to be on my own, how to engage with other people in that professional way, different, different things like that, or be around people that You know were very different for you whether they were from a different city whether they Mm -hmm. were from a different race they had a different culture than you uh especially because sometimes we i had to travel with some of these people right so you know whatever their their needs and stuff like that were they might have been different than you know your standard person Mm -hmm. or or if you could call it that um so no i I mean i didn't really experience that i think for me um as who i am as a learner um that's something i usually look forward to like i said i'm a quiet learner observer i i'm paying attention to what someone um different than me is doing mm. and i do it to learn from them um i think that that's really how i, mm. I learned and i'm i'm really open and receptive to it um I, I i personally think it's part of you know the only child syndrome where again i didn't have to deal with multiple personalities you know it was just that's true mom and dad right so for me i'm like okay how do you do this or how do you feel about this huh um, i've embraced it and granted i know that for a lot of other people and everyone's different uh but typically only children aren't like that right they they're like no i stick to what i what i like It's my way or the highway sometimes, you know, it's that stereotype that sometimes is true. Um, So you're like the opposite.
0: You are open to learning and like, hey, how do you do it? Teach me how do you do it? Because I want to know.
1: Yeah. And at the same Mm -hmm. time, I want I want you to learn from me. Right. I want Mm -hmm. you to be like, well, I do it this way. And maybe if we put our ideas together, they'll they'll, it'll be better. Or, um, you know, my way sometimes works out better for the person because they didn't view it that way or vice versa. Their way I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't see that. I didn't I didn't notice that. Right. So I think um, for me, I, I took it as a I like to take it as I want I want different perspectives so that I can exhaust every option. You know, it's kind of like those trial and error things, you know, exhaust every option and see which one is the best. Um, that's kind of how I viewed going to college. Right. Um, and and for me, it's just learning experiences, quite frankly. And I, I had them. In middle and high school and when i got to college i'm like no this is a learning experience get to learn from someone else so that you can Mm. uh see what they think and and see if you agree with it or not or or why don't you agree with it or not and it's one of those things you know people say don't knock it till you try it it's kind of one of those things you know you get to uh, no
0: no no go go i was just thinking i'm like do you have that while you're doing like while you're you're you know engaging with someone new do you think of those thoughts like well no don't not get to try it or like learning experience or does that happen afterwards
1: both both but it happens a lot during i'm like okay we especially when like when you're in high school and in and college and, and <laughs> you have to do those those group projects you yeah, know I mean, I it's like to, i was
0: thinking of those i'm like yes
1: yeah those group projects like well i don't want to do it this way or yeah. i don't wanna do it that way and i'm like okay How do you want to do it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you know, you either you get you get two you get two things. You get uh, a person who says, well, I would do it this way and I would do it that way. Or you get someone who gets, you know, like a deer caught in the headlights like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't get that far. I was just going to tell you I didn't want to do it your way. (laughs) Right. And so it's like, well, and 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 a lot of it, a lot of the times it has to do with the fact that I've gotten to learn this um, and understand this. Not even as youth, you know, not everyone gets the opportunity to be asked, how would mm. you do something? Or how would you want to do something? Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I want to, if someone says I disagree, usually my counter is okay, how would you do mm-hmm. this? Or how would you want to do this? Um, and give them the opportunity to voice it. And then, you know, depending on the setting, whether it's a, you know, whether it's just a partner or whether it's, you know, a group, it's like, okay, well as a as a group or as teammates we got to figure out so either we blend this or we take it to a vote Mm -hmm. and move forward that way um but yeah i didn't i didn't really have you know i didn't feel a big culture shock i think my mindset was my mindset was usually stuck to my goal of, you know getting my degree getting Mm -hmm. my education um and and making the best of it uh, more than anything a lot of the times, you know, I think we we hold ourselves back sometimes because of we fear the unknown. But I've also come to learn that, you know, you if you don't know something, that doesn't mean you can't learn it. Or learning it the hard way and failing mm-hmm. sometimes is okay. It's just a matter of when you fail, you know, move on to the next thing. And, and now you can... Again, that's another failing is a learning experience. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't don't recognize that. People see failure as the end-all be-all sometimes and I, I, I think of it like, okay, now I know not to do it this way or not to do it this way in this scenario, or whatever the case may be. but I need to get to my goal. So mm-hmm. am I gonna sit here with my hands crossed? you know pouting and be like and then still not get anywhere after you know not having the outcome that i wanted or am i going to explore the next option uh and sometimes even you know backing out is is acceptable um i i think i think that's that's where um my mindset comes into play of you know sometimes it's not the time and that's okay um explore at another time or you know what you gave it an opportunity, and you said that's that's not for me. Um, and you learned you don't have that self-doubt of what if I would have done this? What 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 if I if I could have done this, but I didn't do it because I listened to someone else that now probably did what I wanted to do, and they're out in the world or you know doing what they wanted, <laughs> yeah, or, or what I wanted, and and I chose to listen to them.
0: Um, i mean look at this this is like right here doing this 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 podcast this conversation with you that's where i heard somewhere i uh, not not somewhere it was a fucking tiktok i was like i was gonna <laughs> say something on like, you know i heard someone give me advice i just <laughs> remembered it was a tiktok and it was something along the lines of like what if you were to change the narrative of a lot of people say what's the worst thing that can happen right fuck it do it what's the worst mm-hmm. and then i i the girl said in her video she said instead of doing or instead of saying or um thinking what's the worst that could happen, why don't you change the narrative and say, what's the best thing that could happen out of this?
1: Yeah. Or what do you want to what do you want to get out of it and go yeah, for it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then that's when I was like, huh. I feel like changing that narrative, because what's the worst thing that can happen? You immediately start putting in fear and doubt in yourself. At least I do. Like, oh, well, this can happen. I can fail. No one can listen. I can get fucked over. All these things. Yeah. Whereas you're like, hey, what's the best thing that can happen? Hey, the best thing that can happen is I can have fun. I can reconnect with people. I can freaking laugh. Yeah. And I can just enjoy it.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think for me, you know, I was, I think I have the mindset I have because I luckily... I didn't have parents that set boundaries for me mm. in terms of what i could do if that makes sense right like obviously there was rules yeah and, and structure in our household and as a family but my parents never said to me oh you can't do this because what if this happens or what if that mm. happens my a, as long as my parents knew the details of where i was going they saw that trusted adults uh, would be in charge. So that's why I got to go to, you know, youth conferences. I got, you know, from, from the age of what? 13, 14 to, I guess I could go as far as high school. I got to go to Chicago. I got to go to, uh, Indiana to university of Notre Dame. I got to go to Washington DC. Um, I, I got to go different places because, uh, because of that my parents never said you know oh you got to stay in houston we got to be where we can see you no my mm-hmm. parents more than anything viewed things in in a different light of if this is going to help you get somewhere um granted lo- we were lucky that we weren't paying for it because those were sponsorships trips by great <laughs> great great organizations um thank I had you to so do much for sponsoring
0: those- us <laughs> yes thank you
1: thank you kindly and no i mean i, I said that a lot you know uh Cause I I've gotten to uh, run into, I've gotten to work for some of these people. uh, frankly. Um, You know, so. um,
0: I mean, the rodeo being one of the biggest ones.
1: Yeah. You know, now, now, now my being back home, you know um, I get to do uh, different things and, and more than anything it's, it's about for me, it's always about coming back. And I I think of it from one of the upbringings of, of, I guess you could say, uh, traditional Latino households is mm-hmm. uh, don't leave a mess in, in a guest home or don't leave don't leave anything less than how you found it. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you go stay at someone's house and they offer you a bed before you leave, you make that bed back. Mm-hmm so it's it's there. Exactly. So that it's, it's there, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so that it's so there for go back
0: and do it again. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that it's there for the next person, right? Yeah, and so absolutely. that that's kind of how I view it. You know, mm-hmm. I took from these different organizations, uh, these different places. I think it's it's the very least I could do is come back, contribute some of my time, whether it's you know, volunteering, whether it's being an advocate, a speaker, sharing a story, um, any of those things, um, come back and see how you can either bring it, keep it to the level that it's been at where you got from, or help elevate it. Um, I think that's one of the, the fortunate things I can do. And um, for me, uh, based on what a lot of people tell me, you know, my voice is probably my biggest strength um, in doing that. And so I said, if you need my voice, it's here. Um, let me know what I can do and, uh, just leaving that open door more than anything, um, for people. Uh, cause I also know what it's like to not feel uh, as much as I've talked about being supported. Mm-hmm. I also know what it's like to, to not feel supported or, mm-hmm. or not feel like you could have anyone else to go to. Um, and it's, it's hard, um, uh, for, for a lot of people. Um, but you know, if I can be of some assistance, at any point in time, um, I, 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 whenever I meet someone, I try to leave that out there. If I can ever be of any assistance in some shape or form and I'm available, um, feel free to reach out to me and, and see what I can contribute um, in some way. I love um, that. I, I try to do that.
0: Oh, man. I love that. I love that. <sighs> All right. We're going to move on to the lightning round. Oh, boy. Did you get to see the
1: questions? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw a few of the questions.
0: Okay. It's five questions. You can take your time as it's, it's no, again, it's just it's, whatever it, comes think, to you.
1: I think it's ironic that we're doing a lightning round on a day that there's probably going to be storms around the area. So I they know, might right? literally turn into lightning. It's meant to be. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. So the first one, success to me means.
1: Oh boy. I think success to me means just reaching a goal, either to improve yourself, or to make an impact, uh, you know, kind of like what I was just talking about, leaving, leaving the door open for for the future for someone else to to be a part of, no matter how big or small, Um, I think it's reaching that goal or making that impact uh, to benefit yourself and sometimes, and a lot of the times, others, you know, a lot of times we think about success of You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. And sometimes success is also we got to help others. Right. I think that's that's one of the lost ideas in success is that it has to be about I and me. And sometimes success is about others, Um, whether it's whether it's providing advice, whether it's volunteering time, whether it's hearing someone out, quite frankly. Um, but, I mean, no matter how big or small, um, making that impact and reaching a goal, whether it's mm. yours or or helping someone else reach their goal, I think that's what really success is, is just elevating something personally or for others, no matter how big or small. Um, because, I mean, if you think about it, you have small children. You know, like we said, we were those kids that wanted to be you know, getting the A's. And so for, for a kid to get an A, you know, that's a big deal. And other people can view it as, oh, well, it's elementary. No, but I mean, we don't know what that child did to work hard or absolutely, the, or the opposite. If you have a, a student that may be failing, right. Or maybe not doing as well. Maybe they're a C or D student. And mm-hmm. in that six weeks, they got a B be for like the first time. And it's like, That success because they've elevated and they got if that's where they wanted to get, they've elevated and they've improved, you know, that success. We view it as small as adults, as Mm -hmm. as as people who have already probably gone through and maybe didn't struggle as much. But for that student at that moment in time, it's a big deal. Um, So I think that's really what success is.
0: I love that. It's a little moments. It's a little moments. Definitely. Yeah. All right. The second one says, I want to continue learning
1: about. Oh I, I, I already kind of touched on this is uh, people's views and mindsets you know I think that's what that's what uh, always keeps me uh, entertained sometimes. Uh, just you know, I want to continue whenever I meet someone, you know, sharing those thoughts and ideas and you know I think the beauty in in that is uh, everybody's unique. everyone has their own stories uh, and experiences good and bad, good and bad. Um, I, 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 think about that a lot. I think sometimes, um, you know, and, and it depends on the, the comfort of the person, mm-hmm. but I think what can be deemed a bad story can also be used for good. It's a matter of how you use it. I mean, perspective, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's really about perspective. I mean, honestly, it happens in, in, in the jails, right? Like you, you see kids that are probably, you know, not following a a good path where they made it up in the jail system. And when they take them to some of those programs, they get to hear the perspective of those current, you know, people that are in jail and they're using their stories Mm -hmm. in a way for good to hopefully spark that, that thought in that person of, hey, this isn't the way we're and we're letting you know this because we've lived it. Right. And I think, you know, that's that's the beauty in it is that everyone's unique. Sometimes it even checks your own biases. You know, you Absolutely. thought of it one way and you thought this is the only way to do it. But then you realize, like, maybe I was maybe I wasn't right in viewing it this way or maybe there is a different way to look at it. And I mean, it your varies is case by case, you know, um yeah and sometimes it does it brings you down it brings you down but it brings you down to a point where it's like okay i was i was getting lost as Mm -hmm. as, in 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 terms of how i was viewing it let me refocus to what i really who i really am um or or what i mean it to be yeah um but yeah i i always love to uh learn about different people's views and mindsets and and how they see things. I think that's that's a great thing, no matter whether you agree with them or not. I think no, it's always I love that to do that.
0: That's, I feel like that's a big point of why I started doing this. I just, I love talking to people. I love asking questions. I'm just like, do you work like I do? Do you think like I do? Did you ever come up, you know, stuff like that. All right, number three, connection equals.
1: A connection, wow. Connection, I think equals having someone see you as a person that they can trust a person that's genuine and that they can rely on for advice for help or for collaboration um Mm. you know i think that's when you when you make a good connection you know um knowing that that someone's real and i think that's I think that's the difficult part when you make a connection or when you're seeking a true connection mm-hmm. uh, with someone is finding out if they're genuine or not. Um, you know, it happens a lot of the time. It happens a lot of time where you, and, and people change, people change whether we, mm-hmm. we like to admit it or not. I, I can say for a fact that I change. I mean, I think I've, I think I've shared that today, you know, the, that, that Adrian from birth to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to like 13 years old is not the Adrian from 14 years old to present day. Yeah. Um, um, and, and change and is good. Yeah. And change is good because sometimes, you know, our where we are at in life forces us to be a different person mm-hmm. in that time frame. Uh, we go through phases um, and mindsets of those phases as well. Um, but I think in terms of connection, you know, back to the original point is that having someone that can remember you and feel comfortable enough that they'll trust mm-hmm. you and seek you out for advice, help, or collaboration. I think working together is a big piece. You don't always have to do it alone. You don't, you don't, and you shouldn't have to feel ashamed yeah. for seeking help uh, for whatever it may be, whether it's to cut your grass in the back yeah. uh, or build a fence to, Actually getting help for, you know, a condition or or however you may feel and, mm-hmm. you know, just needing to talk someone to someone uh, and share something that's been either heavy or that you're very excited about in your mind and heart. Um, I think that's what a, a connection is, is having a person or, or a group of people that you can do those things with. I think those are the true connections.
0: You, there's um, so many you words out there. Yeah, you definitely threw so many words out there. Like trust, collaborate. I love collaboration. I didn't even think about that one, but I love that. Okay, número cuatro. The funniest
1: person I know is the funniest person I know is myself. No, oh I'm my kidding. god, I was about to
0: say, <laughs> oh my god, even <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm
1: kidding. I'm actually not as funny as people make me out to be. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'd have to say my dad. I'd yeah. have to say my dad. I can, I can probably be like focused on driving on something and see, and he'll see something as we are driving. And he'll tell me the randomest story of how something that, (laughs) that he saw or did happened and, and how it was just a a big laughing moment. And we'll just kick back and, and, and say, and hear the craziest story. Uh, But yeah, I think my dad's probably the the funniest person I know. There's, there's just a quality about him that, that he can, Find humor or joy in the smallest things yeah. and connect it to something that he has lived through mm-hmm. or things like that yeah. and, and and make it make it something lighthearted. And I think that's I think that's probably why the he's the funniest person I know, I I that's love That's where that. I get it from. Uh, yeah. If, in case you were wondering. <laughs> the, the, oh, oh you're funny. And it's, here. Only, <laughs> and it's only a small glimpse of who he is, quite okay, funny. okay.
0: Well, as long as you get a little bit of it. <laughs> and then finally, a rare gem in my life is
1: a rare gem in my life is my neighborhood. um I'm from the South side of Houston. I went to school in the southeast, but I'm from the South side. okay uh, South. <laughs> Southside, Southside, Six Ten MLK, all day, every day. You know, uh, it's funny. I, I, I say that that's a rare gym because you know, you know Southside Houston, Six Ten MLK. Um, you know, this region. I'm, I'm, my neighborhood is South Park, um, and it's it's viewed as it, it. I mean, it is the hood. It is part mm-hmm. of the hood, uh, but it's also viewed as a place where you probably don't necessarily. That's not your first option of where you want to go live. Never yeah. but I think. For me, it's one of those rare gems because without having an upbringing here um, and understanding the dynamics of where I'm from and and how I got to live my life, I also wouldn't be the person that I am or know the things, know certain things uh, that I know and how to get around. I think, you know, one of those things about being from the hood is that nine times out of 10 you're probably going to have problem-solving skills. Absolutely. Uh, oh my god, and yes. And how to maneuver. How to maneuver around something that's not ideal. That's not, you know, the perfect situation and um and being uh, not not being okay with it but not letting it be the end all be all. Like if mm. it's not ideal, that's not going to stop me. I'm going to figure out a way. It's that hustle mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: You got to have it.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's another reason why I am where I am, who I am, because uh, I got to learn that here, you know, the streets raised me. Hey, hey, street
0: smart. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny. I've I've gotten to meet a lot of different people, you know, as I've gone through professional uh, careers and paths and people ask me, how I, you know, when we talk about things like, oh, how do you know this? Or, or how do you, how did you figure this out? I'm like, it's, it's just where I come from. That's a mindset. Go to So Go yeah. down to the hood. Go, 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 catch, catch me at Timmy Chance or Burger <laughs> Park. I got you. Uh, I'll give you a whole lesson. Um, you know? No, I, th- I mean, that, that, that's why I say that, um, that's one of the rare gems uh, in my life is My neighborhood it even though i didn't necessarily spend a lot of time in it Mm -hmm. it played a big role in who i am and how i view things and how i view getting through things because um yeah it has its bad rep but when i tell you i'm from there you're you're not gonna think that you're gonna be like really you sure you're not from a different area no Mm -hmm. i'm from I'm from South Park. I live sad. over here, you know. <laughs> I'm from the South Side, and and that I shouldn't have to be ashamed to tell you that, you know. Uh, and don't it, be. It's, it's, and I'm not, and I'm not because it still contributed to who I am. Um, and and quite frankly, I'm still here, and I don't see myself going anywhere because, uh, again, it's it's where I'm from, and I I find comfort in it even when others don't. And I think that's why it's one of those uh, one of those rare gems.
0: Dude, you completely threw a curveball. When you said you are a I was like, wait. And then in my mind, just went like, damn, he's so right. A rare gem is not just a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. Yeah. So I loved it. Thank you so much. I'm so happy we got to reconnect. I just, I wanted to tell you, and I want you to know that you are a rare gem in my life. I want you to know that I appreciate you and I got to learn things that I didn't know. I got to see again, perspective. I got to see and hear your story from a different point of view. Um, Thank you so much for sharing just everything that you have. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes.
1: No, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate, you know, our, our friendship that that's, that's lasted throughout several years that, uh, you know, even though we don't connect as, as often, I'm glad that we we still find a way to 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 have a good conversation and, and, and catch up on, on a lot of things that have been going on. But no, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate your friendship as well. Like I said, um, and being on here and, um, you know, for anyone who whoever listens to this, you know, um, I, I think it's mindsets and, and all those things play a big role uh ne- being confident in who you are uh and what you can and can't do it's okay um and what you're comfortable in and um you know don't let anything hold you back the only thing that can really hold you back is yourself um there's always a way Facts. um and and we just got to keep moving forward but now mm-hmm. I appreciate the opportunity being on here um I hope you have a lot of tremendous success in the, in this And in whatever it is that your mind and your heart seeks out to do. And uh, if you ever need to connect, I'm here.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, much love and we'll connect
1: again. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye.